0: episode 66 did not finish
1: this is the one extraordinary marriage podcast home of the seven days of sex challenge featuring your hosts the authors of the groundbreaking new book stripped down Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo
0: Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo.
2: And Tony DiLorenzo.
0: And uh, welcome back, guys. It's been an interesting weekend here and around the DiLorenzo house um, with a lot of different things going on. Yep. And um, I was home this weekend with a sick child, and you know it's one of those things. Tony
2: speak directly into your mouth. Oh, please.
0: I'm like, I'm getting all the sign language and I can't there figure we out go. Thank you. what the pointing thing is. There we go. Um, Tony had the solving double century this weekend, and so he took off Friday morning and Alex came home from a movie with a friend Friday afternoon after school and had the glassy eyed look of a boy who is not going to have a good weekend. Yeah. And sure enough, he was out for pretty much the well, pretty much the entire weekend. He's still not a hundred percent and it really just forced me to slow down um, because with him sick and Tony gone, it was just kind of one of those, we just sat around and watched movies. Literally right. from the time we got up Saturday morning till the time they fell asleep watching movies and in between kids would nap, we'd eat. Um, but and we, we
2: don't have, we, we've turned off our cable now for how many months? has it been? Since the beginning of the year. Since the beginning of the year, so we don't have cable.
0: We don't have cable, so fortunately, it was very um, it just fortuitous that Abby, when we went to she and I went to the library earlier this week, she would picked out a ton of movies. And I'm like, because I had originally said, "Well, you're not going to be here, and eh, we'll watch a few extra movies." Well, sure. we went through all of those and the ones on our shelf, and we just really laid low. Laid low, because with Alex just out of it completely, there was no way we could go anywhere or do anything. I didn't even leave the house until you came home this afternoon this afternoon and you know god bless abby she was actually good all weekend up until you came home yeah and uh then it was the two-parent thing and suddenly (laughs) suddenly we're back to uh you know her roller coaster of behavior emotions but I, i do have to little shout out for our daughter she is reading she has a dick and jane treasury and those of you that are you know older like we are um probably remember learning how to read on dick and jane and so tonight she you know pulled that as one of her books off for us to read and lo and behold she starts picking out the words yeah and she just wants to keep you know of course the stories are all of like three pages long but she's getting it and she's seeing the word building and so very excited little shout out for our daughter she is you know breaking that reading barrier and getting into it and so it's quite exciting very. Um, that was the highlight, I think, of the weekend because overall it was not a great weekend. Um, and it's really going to be kind of what we talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you want to share solving?
2: Sure. So, I've been discussing that I've been training for the solving double century, and this is a double century that I have completed three times in the last four years. Mm-hmm. So, this was going to be my fourth year going. And we've just had crazy weather here in San Diego recently. I mean, it's just been a lot of rain. It's just sort of crummy weather. And, you know, it, it ends up always happening right on the weekends too. Like we've had these great weeks and then on the weekends we just have crummy weather. So what ended up happening this week again, we had uh, some rain last weekend. Actually, we had some rain during the week. This
0: was just a wet week.
2: Yeah. And then we are going into the weekend and, and it kept... The weather kept changing you know is it gonna rain is it not well my group of guys we all decided to head up there it's about a four-hour drive from San Diego to Solvang and we decided to head up on Friday thinking you know what it's calling for about a 40% chance if it happens it's calling for showers scattered showers let's go for it Uh, Friday was absolutely beautiful Um, so we figured wow if we can hold this off for Saturday we'll have a great ride so we decided to take off at uh, 6 a.m. under beautiful skies, nice 40-ish degree weather, which is typical for this time of year, and just started going, started rolling uh, through the Santa Ynez Valley, which is, if you, many of you know of the Santa Ynez Valley. It's a, a great wine region here. Beautiful, beautiful just wineries and, gosh, vineyards all over the place, gorgeous and we've had so much rain everything is just green as could be and actually even some mountains out farther east and i don't know which ones they were but they were they had snow on them it's pretty amazing i was like wow um from the earlier storm that we had and so we we had gone out and we were just going having a great time got to uh checkpoint one which is at mile 40 and everybody's feeling good weather's holding And the next checkpoint is at mile 86. And as we're rolling, we're doing good. Temperatures were falling a little bit. Um, And about mile 80, the rain started. And we were like, oh, hopefully this is just one of those scattered showers that will come through. And you know what? I've been caught in many rainstorms over the years. Um, So for a, a storm to just sort of blow through real quick isn't. It's, it's not uncommon, and my hope was that, well, if this thing hits, maybe we just get hit now. It's only about 11 o'clock-ish. Plenty of time if this thing just blows over, the sun comes out, and we can dry out. And we get to aid station two there, checkpoint two, refuel, do our thing, and we take off. And the rain doesn't stop. Uh, if anything, it's starting to come down more and a little harder. Uh, wind's blowing so the the only good thing was is that usually we go from we're we're about at San Luis Obispo at this point in time we do a, a big roundabout way and then we head north on the 101 or the one I should say up to Morro Bay. Uh the last 3 times which is typical of the time of year you'll have a north westerly wind. So the nor- it's coming down from the north and coming across off off the water. So going up to Morro Bay, you'd have a headwind, which is cool. No big deal because you know, once you turn around, you're going to have a tailwind. Well, this year, because of the way the storm was blowing, we had a nice tailwind and we were cooking up one. I mean, and I've done this enough time because the last two years we vacationed at Morro mm-hmm. Bay. So I've done this section of road many a times and there was at one point I looked down and I was pulling at like 30 miles an hour. We were just we were cranking. So
0: wait, hard. when you say pulling, you were the you were the lead guy.
2: Yeah. So I was just we were just You're going flying. Yeah, we were, and this is like an uphill type deal too. And we were just Jeez. rocking it. We actually ended up missing the cutoff because they changed it this year. So we went about two exits more than we should have, and added about five miles. But it was nice because we got to see um, downtown Morro Bay, which is okay. a, which is a tourist trap. But it's always fun to go by there. I love that area and and. and went really close to where we have our rental <laughs> that we always get when we go there. The
0: house that we like to rent. Yeah.
2: And then, <laughs> not our rental. and then went through some areas that I've ridden through again, through during the solving century mm-hmm. and while we vacation up there. So by this time though, we we've turned around. We're at the Northern point. We're turning around. The rain is still coming down. The wind is starting to blow. I am soaked it uh, from the time it started to this point is about 20 miles. I'm pretty soaked, but we're headed towards our lunch stop, which is at mile 113. Now it's going to be about mile 117 because of our added extra mileage. And so we get to the lunch station, catch up with some of our other friends because they actually got the, the correct turn. <laughs> we see them there. We chow down real quick and we're going. And at that point in time, I'd already been pretty chilly before that. Sure. Um, and once we, once we took off from there, it was just, I was just miserable. Like I couldn't warm up, just couldn't warm up. And I was trying to just go, okay, just get moving, get moving. I know that sort of the the course, that area, what we got to do and all that jazz and the rain's still coming down, the wind is blowing. And so we go through Avila, Avila beach area. So big shout out to uh, Dave and Jen Avila. That's your beach, I know, and and they are with the Jen and Dave show. Mm-hmm. So check them out; they're great folks. And right after that, we come out and you pop out into Shell Beach, Pismo Beach, where we had dinner that one night. Remember at the Spyglass Inn or yes. whatever it was? Mm-hmm. It was a crappy restaurant. Beautiful views. Wasn't really food.
0: Was, food was nothing to write home about, but the the setting. Outside of the restaurant, beautiful, very nice. Yeah,
2: yeah. So we were right there. It was actually right there at Spyglass and like Shell Mm -hmm. Road or whatever. It was right there that we stopped. And one of the guys was ahead of me, and we stopped, and he's just sitting there, just shivering like mad. And I could totally relate. And so We found a little market, little Italian deli in this little strip mall. The folks were there just wonderful. We were soaked to the bone. I mean, and just think, it's been 50 miles, so three hours roughly, just wet as could be, getting to the point of just I couldn't control my bike because I was shaking so much. And so we stopped, and we're sitting in. This market trying to decide, okay, what are people doing? Are we going to go ahead, try to call SAG? Who's quitting? Who's not? Because there's five of us at this point in time. And, you know, I, I just pulled the plug. I just said, you know what? This isn't worth it. Uh, I'm not having a good time. I felt so good, though. I mean, of all the 10 doubles I've done, if I could have completed this one, it would have been fast. And I felt so good from the, from the start. To that point where I had to just pull the plug and just go, I'm DNFing this thing, which means did not finish. Um, I felt great. Like legs felt great. Mentally, I felt great. I just couldn't stay warm, you know, because of the cold and the wet weather mainly. So it was pretty tough though, because when you're out there and, and you train up for something like this, like I have over the years, and you know what you're getting into, it, it's sometimes hard to just. Learn from stopping, or learn from just quitting, which is what it was. I quit the event. You could be in your mind going, "No, no, you did great, Tony." Tis true. I I I totally know where where you're going at, but I quit this event, and there's a couple things I had to really look at when I wanted to, and and one of them was safety. Years prior, I think I would have blown through and not have thought about it, but as I've gotten older and wiser, when I look at my cycling and what I do, I just realize safety is number one priority. Mm-hmm. And I, I just felt like I was gonna be a detriment to myself. One of the guys who did go on ahead ended up crashing at mile 175. Um, just again, cause it never stopped raining. He got caught in a rut, went flying over his bike. Oh. Luckily he hit um, a ditch that had been so wet and soft because of all the rain. He didn't have any ma- major sustained injuries, wow. you know, really, because it just softened his blow. Sure. So we quit; three of us did, and uh, then the fun began as trying to get a ride, fifty mile ride back to our hotel, and that took about two and a half hours.
0: Yeah, I kept seeing these posts on Facebook. I'm like, okay, he's already called for support, and he's and he's still waiting. <laughs> just out there. But it was one of those things where um, that coupled with some emails and, you know, conversations we've had with other people this week really got us to thinking about the whole did not finish. When you walk away from an event like the Solvang Double Century, or, you know, those of you that have attempted the seven days of sex challenge and haven't been able to complete it where you've had, you know, you've attempted maybe an entrepreneurial endeavor and it hasn't worked out. And you're like, you know, and, and there's part, there's part of it that says failure. You know, we start self-talking all of this, you know, like Tony just said, I quit you know, in the interest of my health and my safety and well-being, I had to make a decision. And a lot of times that those are the same criteria that we have to use in our lives. You know, when we're making decisions on, you know, are we gonna be able to complete the seven days of sex challenge? Well, somebody is sick or somebody's out of, you know, and we just, we can't do it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, we've tried this enterprise and it's just not working the way we thought it was going to. And we have to come to a point you know, we get to that crossroads and we have to make a decision. Is it worth going on?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Are the potential gains, do they outweigh the potential risks? And I think a lot of times we get so wrapped up in the self-talk of, Oh, I'm going to be a failure. People are going to think I failed. People are going to, you know, people are going to talk about me and people are going to say, Oh, you didn't complete it. Oh, you know, she said she was going to do this and then she didn't. And, and the reality is, is that that is all outside of us. Mm -hmm. if people want to have those perceptions, if people want to say, oh, you didn't complete the seven days of sex challenge. Well, I've got news for you. The fact that you even attempt something like this speaks volumes about who you are Mm -hmm. and what you're willing to do for your marriage. When you try something new, I will give you a guarantee. It is not always going to work and you have to decide what you're going to do and how you're gonna handle those times when it doesn't work. Are you gonna allow the self-talk? Are you gonna allow other people's perceptions to color how you're gonna move forward? Or are you gonna say, you know what, let's let's take a look at this and let's see what we learned. You know, Tony's done solving, this was your fourth year?
2: Fourth time, yeah. Fourth
0: time attempting solving. And so like he said, you know, he knows the route, this is a place where we vacation, you know, when we're up in Morro Bay on vacation, he will, you know, go out and do parts of this ride. This is a ride he knows pretty well. Granted, they changed a turn on him this year, but you know, for the most part, this is not unfamiliar territory. And yet he was dealt a set of circumstances this year that he hasn't had to face on this particular ride before. I don't think you've had rain like this on solving.
2: I haven't had rain on any doubles. I've had extreme heat, but I've never had rain. Okay,
0: well then it's an entirely new experience on a yeah. double. On a double, yeah. And you know, I'm so proud of him for making the decision that it wasn't worth it mm-hmm. to to try and complete this because you know if he's shaking at mile one thirty because he can't get warm and we're, then we're you know not that there was any sun to speak of but the temperature is going to start dropping.
2: Oh, it, it you know it it this, it did and. The rain kept coming, so it was, it was a good call. It was a good call. And I, I mean, it was pretty. It was pretty hilarious sitting in this market trying to get hot water, and my hand shaking so much the hot water is like splattering out and all over my hand, and I'm not even feeling it because I was so cold.
0: That see, you know, I can't even imagine you have, like trying to get on a bike like that. Yeah, it, you, I mean, how are you going to grip the handlebars? You exactly. got no feeling in your hands.
2: Exactly, you, you, I couldn't.
0: And we can. We can laugh about this and joke about it. I know Tony was disappointed not to complete this ride. This is his favorite double.
2: Yeah. And, and, and I don't know if I'll do it again. And it's not because of the ride itself. It's because of the race organizers. If okay. I do it again, I would do it. I'd just go up there with some buddies and just go do it. Mm. I know the course enough that I can just go do it.
0: That's an aside. That Yeah. Has, <laughs> I know. I'm okay. just saying that too. Um, But so this is a ride that he really likes. He really likes this area. And so it's not an easy decision, Mm -hmm. regardless of the outside circumstances that he was faced with this weekend. When you're faced with the decision of having to quit, of having to step away from something, it's not easy. You wrestle with that and with the implications. And a lot of times I think we overthink ourselves in these situations you know we get to the point where we're we're so busy thinking okay well what's Susie gonna think and what's you know what's Tom gonna say and you know what are people gonna say about me and and our wheels spin like you know picture the hamster or the gerbil on the little exercise wheel where it's just like Mm -hmm. and instead of just saying you know what is the best thing for me and my family or you know me and my spouse Mm -hmm. what's going to be best for our, our marriage to move forward.
2: And I, I think let, let's let's draw that into an example of like the seven days of sex challenge. Mm-hmm. We've we've been doing that since last June mm-hmm. and we're going to have another one here coming up sometime this year, probably. We, date, we, yeah. have, we haven't decided the date, but we, we want to do that again. And one thing I noticed, a lot of people were really down on themselves when they would go th- maybe two, three days and then they're like, oh, it, it, we didn't make it. And you, you know what? I, I know where you're at. I, I feel your pain because I've been there before. But I think what we have to realize is sometimes when you get up on the bike, you're going to fall down or you're going to get off. It's what you learn from that. Mm-hmm. You know, let's learn from these experiences. Instead of always looking at them as bummers, let's look at them as positives, Right. What did we learn? Man, we did it for three days straight is an accomplishment if you've never done that before. You know, celebrate that. And maybe it didn't happen on the fourth and fifth day, but then you're able to pick it up on the sixth and seventh day. Be happy. Be excited about what you did do. And then take that time that you weren't able to achieve your goal and learn from it. What happened in those instances? Was it day four? You guys were inundated with work stuff? Mm -hmm. Were you tired? Did you get enough sleep? Did the kids wake you up during the night? Was somebody sick? Analyze that. Realize that. And then that way the next time you go into it, you can better understand yourselves. What's going on? What's happening? You guys can talk through stuff more. Uh, You know, don't, don't give up on your marriage at times when something goes wrong. I, I think we have this tendency in our marriages when, when things start going bad, we just throw up our hands and go, Oh, it's not going to work. You know, just sit down together and and learn from what's going on. I, I think is the bigger thing. Like when I look at this event and I look at the ride, I always look back at events, especially when, Things are starting to go down and I just a day or two later just realized, okay, what are some decisions I could have made that would have been better knowing that the rains were going to come? What should I have done?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, this is what I should do <laughs> in our marriage. We should be doing the same thing as we come out of those low points in our marriage. Let's look back. I know it's hard because a lot of us just sort of want to sweep that under the rug and I, I get that. Because you really don't want to go back to that point. You know, you don't want to open up old wounds because you're afraid you're going to go right back to it. Mm-hmm. But you really got to go back to it. And, and, go ahead.
0: Oh, no, I was just going to say, but do it in such a way that it's not, um, it's not digging the wound again.
2: Right. No, I agree. No, no, no. Yeah, you don't want to open up the wound and be like scraped... Scrap, uh, scratching hydrogen peroxide in there or something.
0: Right, you know, because I mean, we've had instances in, and I'm gonna just take us back three months to our budget issue. Yeah. You know, where in our own marriage, finances had been out of control, overspending, and you know, that was, that was a low point for us once again, you know, because we had been doing well and then we got, I won't even say we, I got lazy and it caused a real hiccup. And our marriage, And it could have been one of those times where I just said, fine, you just do it all. Mm-hmm. You know what? You just handle it. And instead it was like, no, you know what? I know what we need to do. So let's just go back to the basics. And Tony was really good. As upset as he was. And he did take some time away from me to just process. Cause he was really mad,
2: mm-hmm.
0: really, really mad. But when we got to a point where we could just talk about it, it's like, okay, We know what we have to do yeah, and we're going to do this together because we know what we need to do. Mm -hmm. The foundation was there. Yeah. And let's be honest, whether it's finances or, you know, sexual intimacy or scheduling date nights, you can have the foundation and life happens and you get derailed. True. But what are you going to do? Do you throw up your arms? And say, well, I'm just not dealing with this anymore. Or I don't want to, you know, I don't want to play nice. Or do you say, okay, let's come up with a solution that we can both live with. Right. You know, let's, let's figure out what we didn't do right. And if we have to tweak the system, let's tweak the system. Let's, let's revisit this and say, how do we change this? going forward. How do we get our finances back on track? If, if, if our intimacy is not where it needs to be, our our physical sexual intimacy, if that's not where it needs to be, then okay. Maybe you don't just jump back into let's have sex twice a week, you know, because if it's been a month, you know, maybe, okay. Once a week, you know, let's just get back on track once a week, once a week. Okay. Now that we've got once a week going, let's, let's get back to twice a week where we were. Because if you've been derailed, jumping right back to where you thought you should be is a big challenge and sometimes sets you up for even more frustration. Yeah, You have to take those fundamental steps, those baby steps again to put yourself back on track to correct where you went off the path and it's doable. You just have to both be on the same page to say, you know what, this is a learning experience. Failure only really has a negative if you don't learn and grow from it.
2: Right, and that's where the mind shift has to start coming from because we've been taught in our society for so long that failure means you're no good, that you've messed something up. And it's taken me a while and a a long time of just really looking at what failure has done in my life and in my marriage. Every time I have failed in my business or businesses, I've always learned something new. I've always grown from them. I've always learned how to overcome another issue and why some, why it failed. So I've had the dent dude for eight years. God bless. It has just been up and running from the beginning. I've had some issues over the last three years, just as many of you had with the economy, losing your jobs, losing your businesses. I'm right there. And I had to relearn some stuff and still am today during that time period, over the last eight years, I started a nonprofit. I started a cycling tourism touring company. Um, both failed miserably. What else did I start? Mm. I'm trying to think the other one I did. I know I had one or two more, or maybe, and I don't know if they were full fledged at that point in time. A but lot of maybe, them were
0: ideas that we were trying to and launch they just and never just launched.
2: Yeah. And, and you know what? Every time I've done that, I've, I've learned. I've learned okay, this is what I need to do now. You know, when we started One Extraordinary Marriage, uh, you know, we weren't sure where it was going to go, but all the knowledge I had gained from those failures brought us to where we are starting that and where we are now. We've had failures and ups and downs along the way over the last 16 months of doing One Extraordinary Marriage. And now with Fit Marriage, I'm learning from some of those, those downturns through one extraordinary marriage and you just keep it going. And same with our marriage. We've had those tough times and you feel like you're a failure because you're thinking, wow, how is this relationship that was so wonderful and so great? How am I just like really messing this whole thing up? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, an instance for me and I'm going to relate it back to biking was when, I was really training hard for a specific event called the Whitney Classic. And everything else around me, I just didn't care about, including my my wife and only at that point, only Alex. You know, how was I just failing miserably at this? I didn't see it. Didn't see it until finally Elisa had a nice talk with me and I hit a runner and that changed some stuff in my mind as well but i was failing at that point in my life and i had to realize it and what was it now do i just keep going oh my gosh i'm a failure i'm never going to turn this around or do i learn okay what had i done in the past that caused this this um this turmoil in our marriage and how do i make it better with Elisa by talking to Elisa and fe- getting her feedback and her feeling and her emotions involved because only then am I able to understand the bigger picture that I wasn't seeing and able to rectify and change my path.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, definitely, um, it, it's definitely one of those things where you just have to take a step back sometimes and look at it and say, okay, where am I messing up here? You know,
2: and sometimes you got to look at yourself. Don't point your finger to your spouse and go, you're messing up.
0: Right. And that was, that was exactly my point because so often, you know, going back to Tony's cycling thing when he was training, you know, cycling training for the Whitney classic. um, He was, he was on the bike a lot. And these were like full day Training sessions, to the point where I'm just like, really, you know, I'm with Alex all week, and you know, weekends are your <laughs> weekends are your time, and you're not spending any time with him or with me. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think the first time I had the conversation with you, you're like, well, this is, you know, I, I'm training for this event. You were so focused on, but I'm, you know, that that's your, you know, it's kind of like you know, you were making it my problem that I couldn't see that you had to train hard right. for this event. And, you know, finally we're getting close to the, event. I'm just like, this is ridiculous.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I said, I can this, I don't like this event. This is not like the other stuff that you do where, you know, you get up early in the morning, you know, over the summer and you're back at a reasonable time and we can still have a day together. And you know, this is consuming you and it's not fun. Mm-hmm. And you know, it finally got to the point where you could see you know, that it wasn't my, it wasn't my problem as, as much as you had started off blaming me for it and saying, you know what, this is your problem. Right. You realized that you had to own that. You know, it's not a blame game. It's a take of responsibility. Right. And that's, you know, and we have to own our, 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 our failures. We have to own those experiences where we don't succeed.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And owning that as part of the growing process, to say okay you know what I didn't make this work so let's analyze it and figure out where
2: and the- on the other side is if you're the spouse who's hearing this from your spouse don't sit there and point your finger at them and tell them you told you so I mean if you want if you want to blowout fight go for it but honestly this is a time for you to shut your mouth and listen mm-hmm. this isn't a time to be like I told you so crap Um, As much as you may want to.
0: Just say it in your head.
2: Yeah, don't do it. I mean, this is one of those times just zip it and just listen and nod your head. You know what? If there's one thing I just love about my beautiful wife here is that all the failures I've had in business, she's always been there right behind me and just gone, all right, let's do it again. Let's get up. Let's try it again. Not once, not one time when I was trying to start, I, I know for the cycling Uh, touring company or the non-profit, not once did she ever look at me and go, I told you it wasn't gonna work. Why'd you try that? I mean, gosh, look at you just blew, and I blew money at times, you know? Things cost money to start up, and Mm -hmm. not once did she ever look at me and go, oh my gosh, you just wasted you know, XYZ amount of money. I told you it wasn't gonna work. She just sat there, and when I was going through the hard times of having to, you know, dissolve the corporation and then the non-profit, She just said, "Okay, let's what's next, you know, and I'll I'll tell you, as a husband, that's much appreciated because if she would have been sitting there going, I told you so, I told you so. I'm telling you, it wouldn't have been a fun time, you know,
0: (laughs) I'm laughing because I can just I can just imagine what those fireworks would have looked like in our house. There would have been one very, very quiet partner and one not so quiet
2: partner. Yeah, and it goes both ways. I mean, guys, you know, allow your wife to just go, I messed up and don't hold anything over her. Dang it, let her go, let go of your damn control. Some of you guys are just, it just drives me nuts. Sorry, just let go. Stop controlling every damn thing in your house. You know what? Love your wife for crying out loud. Just give her a hug and tell her you love her. I'm just hearing it way too damn much. You guys are trying to control everything they do all the time for crying out loud. Let go a little bit, will you? Just listen to her. She had a bad day at at the house and she feels like a failure because the kids were running all rampant all over the place. She wasn't able to pick up her stuff. She wasn't able to make your meal. She may feel bad. She may feel like a failure that day and she doesn't need your, I'm not going to say it, but she doesn't need yourself coming on, coming in and just controlling the whole situation, giving her a bunch of hard times. You wonder why you're not having sex. That's it. You wonder why you're not getting close to her. That's it. Shut your damn traps, listen to her, give her a hug, tell her you love her, get yourself in there and help her out. I might be off topic, but it's something that's been coming up a lot lately and I felt like that was a good time to bring it in.
0: No, I I don't think you're off topic. Um because I do think I I do think in your marriages, you know, you could be talking about the big things in terms of that sense of failure that you know, I did not finish. I didn't, you know, I didn't finish a project or I didn't finish the seven days of sex challenge, but Tony's right. I mean, we, I've had conversations with girlfriends over the last few weeks where there is that sense of failure with, you know, my husband comes home and the house isn't to his specifications. And so I'm getting the hurtful comments. I'm getting the, you know, derogatory remarks. I'm getting the looks and I'm, you know, and, and I can only speak for the wives cause that's who I've been talking to. Mm-hmm. But there is that sense of failure. Like I can't, I can't live up to his expectations. I'm not fulfilling my end of the bargain. And the reality is, is that those moms who are at home with their children have one, if not more, depending on how many you have at home, little people Constantly going around and making more work for your wife because children do not always pick up their toys Mm -hmm. and they don't always take a nap on time and they don't always, you know, make it through the day without throwing a tantrum. And sometimes that tantrum comes right as she's trying to make your dinner. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yes, yes. There are days that you can be bummed out that you come home and the house is not clean and dinner is not exactly ready on the table. But I bet if you looked at your wife, she's already beat herself up because she knows that that's what you expect. Uh-huh. And it's like I was telling a girlfriend the other day some of you guys, and I, because I only speak to the wives about this, maybe you need to sit down with your spouse and say, you know, here are the top five things I'd love to see when I come home. But if you can only get to one, like, I just don't want to see the toys all over the floor when I come home. Maybe that's it. Or maybe dinner's your thing. Like, you really just want to have dinner done and you can you can look past the toys. But if you walk in the door, you know, and so then she knows she can just focus on dinner. You know, and she's not trying to do dinner and pick up the toys and, you know, deal with the screaming three-year-old and, you know, put on clean clothes so she's not wearing the crumbs from breakfast. It's a lot. And when you have toddlers... There is that sense daily that you're just not getting it all done. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, our children are school age now and there are still days where I'm like, great, it's four o'clock. What do I have to show for today? And I can't even use the Oprah excuse anymore because we don't even have TV. So (laughs) there's no Oprah and bonbons here.
2: Yeah, And this has come over years of working together. We've talked about it. What's important to us What's important in our marriage, you know, when I walk through the door, honestly, as long as there's some stuff that's picked up and there's not stuff spewing everywhere, we're cool. I mean, that's just the way I roll. I've, I've let go of the control. I, I don't need it. It's one less thing on my head. I don't want it. I don't care about it. My house could be a mess sometimes. I, I just... It is often. I just don't care, you know, because it... it it doesn't do anything for my marriage if, I, if I'm if i going to be battling Elisa. Now there are times obviously when we'll have little tiffs about it like when Elisa starts piling but that's a whole nother story. We've
0: talked about the piling. They know. I know. They know about the piling but it, it's like even this weekend. So you're gone for, you know, since Friday morning and yesterday was just kind of like a non-day mm-hmm. but I got up this morning I'm like, okay, you know what? The kids are still in their kind of subdued States, I'm getting the kitchen cleaned up. You know, laundry was pretty much all done before you got home. I think there was like one or two loads left to do. the The living room was pick. You know, I was like, okay, these are all things that I can get done without inconveniencing the kids because they're still convalescing, and, and have it be so when Tony walks home, he's not like, really, mm-hmm. I've left you alone for 48 hours, and this is what the house looks like. Now, granted, he knew Alex had been sick. But it's not like I, you know, Alex is past the age where I have to hold him the entire time he's sick. Yeah, you know, so you do what you can, and I'm thankful that I have a husband that doesn't walk in and kind of do the once over on my house and give me the well, what have you done today? Look,
2: right, and and, and I want to pull this together because we started with the big picture of failure. Mm-hmm. You know, my ride, some of the bigger issues that we we have in our marriages, and we brought it down now to daily failures. Daily things that happen in our marriages that we internalize personally, and then we don't, we are already beating ourselves up, and we don't need somebody to now come in and continue beating us up. What we need to be as spouses, as followers of Christ, is to love one another. We need to love each other. And we need to figure out how we're going to do that. I know it's tough. I know there's a lot of things on top of your head. I understand as most of our male listeners are providers possibly, and we, but we have many women out there who are providers for their families too. I understand the, the, the work that goes into that. I understand that. The sense of
0: responsibility.
2: Yeah. That sense of responsibility. You have to take care of your family. I understand that. I own, I own my own business. I I get that, but we, we have to be able to see our spouse and help them along and get outside of our, our little control issues. Mm -hmm. And if we're not doing that on a daily, on a daily interval, we're gonna We're gonna see the life get knocked out of them more and more and more. And there's not, there's going to come a point where they're not going to want to turn around. They're They're not going to want to work. They're not going to want to be a part of this marriage anymore. They're not gonna talk to you emotionally. They're not going to give it to you intellectually. They're not going to give it to you spiritually, financially, sexually. It's gone. And then you're going to be looking around going, why did this all happen? What, what, what just happened? You know, it's a little bit, little bit, little mm-hmm. bit. And there's only so much some of us can take. It's true. So uh, really this week, you guys, start looking at some of these things. Start talking about them. Stop internalizing them. I think that's the big thing. Stop internalizing them. I know what it feels I was internalizing a lot yesterday when when my ride wasn't going well really I, I really was having some turmoil in there and finally I just sort of spoke up to one of the guys and I just said this is it man I'm not doing it done and you know it's always scary to do that because cyclists especially long-distance cyclists are very hard-willed folks and You're likely to get shunned by saying something like that.
0: Stubborn, stubborn, stubborn. (laughs) We
2: are stubborn, and you know, I just had to just go. This is it. I'm done. I'm moving on, and I'm going to learn from this failure, and we'll we'll have another go at it. And same with you in your marriage. You may have gone through some financial turmoil. May have lost a child. May have had an adoption go awry. Learn from them talk to each other about them because that's where you guys are going to build the bond, that foundation. You keep building on that foundation, that bond between each other that brings you closer together. And it brings you closer together in all forms of your intimacy so that you can have that marriage that continues to grow. You're going to have some back. You're going to have a failure again down the road. Elise and I still do to this day, but we continue to grow. We keep putting those blocks down. Keep putting them down. All right. So I hope you guys had a fantastic and have a fantastic week. If you have to get in touch with us for anything, you can reach us at 858 mm-hmm. 876 You can email me directly at AskTony at One dot com
0: or me at AskAlisa at One dot com.
2: We are so excited for you guys as you. Listen to this and launch into your week to learn from your failures, but to grow from them is even more important. So have a great week. We love you.
1: Thanks for listening to the One Extraordinary Marriage Podcast. We would love to hear from you. You can go ahead and give us a call at area code 858-876-5663 or send us an email to info one extraordinary the website is one extraordinary marriage.com and while you're there you can sign up for our marriage minute monday newsletter and you can also purchase tony and elisa's new book stripped down it's available now in print audio and ebook formats also the one extraordinary marriage podcast has sponsorship opportunities available now if your business is interested in sponsoring this podcast please contact us at oneextraordinarymarriage.com.